Good morning, everybody. I'm really glad. Thank you. I'm really glad that you're here today. And I really feel it's not by mistake that you're here today. So I'm glad to be back in big service. I'm usually uh, back with the kiddos. So it's really fun to um, be out here. So thanks for having me, Pastor. And I'm really excited to share what God has um, downloaded on my heart for today. So with that, I think we'll get started. Um, Today we're talking about prayer and fasting. So that is our topic today. We are going to be using our Bibles. So if you have your Bible or your phone, please get those out. You know, our our Bibles are our source of truth, right? So um, one thing I teach the kids is that everything in the Bible is true. And so we want to be using that um, ourselves as well. So uh, get your, your smartphones ready or your Bibles. So connection sources. It seems like everything nowadays needs a connection source. Our cell phones, our iPads, TVs. Think about all the things in your house that are literally plugged in. There are so many things that, that are plugged in that need to be connected. So many more than we even realize. Me, for one, I'm thankful my coffee pot is plugged in. <laughs> That's a big amen, right? I need coffee, or I really appreciate coffee. Um, so just all those things in our houses that need to be connected, need a connection source. Think about those. And if you didn't have those things, how would your day go? If I didn't have my coffee in the morning, I probably wouldn't be so chipper. If you didn't have your cell phones to look at at all, and this is for every generation, because I know you all use them. If you didn't have your cell phone, what would that be like? You can't use it at all for the day. So what connects us to God? Prayer. Prayer connects us to God. He is our connection. He is our source. The first uh, section I want to go to today is going to be Matthew 6. So if everybody can find Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Please don't ever be ashamed if you're flipping through your Bible and you're not quite sure where a chapter or a verse is. Because I used to feel that way. And I used to be kind of embarrassed. But let me tell you, it's okay. You have your Bible open. And that's what's important. You're digging in it. You're looking in it. So we're in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to go to verse 5 through 7. So I just want to give a minute for everybody to get there so they can find it. I have to be honest, I am using my smartphone and the Bible app on there a little bit more, so I feel kind of techie nowadays. Kind of proud of myself. I think I impress my kids a little bit. Okay. This is called the model prayer. And when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in synagogues 
and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father, who is in the secret place. And your Father, who sees you in secret, will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions, as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. See, prayer is about talking to God. It's about having a relationship with God. And that's a new thought for us sometimes, that God wants us to have a relationship with him. But he does. What are some ways that we can be more connected to God? Starts with daily prayer. Is there a time each day that you can spend with God? Just the two of you, alone? And some, sometimes that's really hard. But I think it's hard because we haven't set a routine. Could you use a daily devotional? Um, for years and years, I've used the Jesus Calling. Love that one. It's very good. Uh, my friend Linda gave me uh, Walking with God. Another good one. You have to find what, what works for you. There's a bunch of um, devotionals that you can do online now, which is amazing to me. And you can do them with friends or with spouses. And it's just a really nice way to connect with other believers as well. Making a habit of praying throughout the day. And that takes practice, I would say. We have to practice being in a habit of praying. When you're driving to work, could you be in prayer? I know sometimes, you know, I'm working at the local hospital as well, and before I go into a patient room, I'll stop and I'll just say, Lord, please, please help this interaction to go good. Please help me to say what needs to be said to this patient. And it just sets the tone. It sets the tone for the whole moment I'm in that room. Because I don't know what I'm walking into. I don't know where this person's at in their life or what they're going through medically. But I love the opportunity that I can stop outside that door and pray first and then trust that God is going to see me through. When someone comes to your mind, can you train yourself to automatically start praying for them? I was doing laundry the other day, and my Isabella was still at camp. It was Friday morning. I was off, which was fun. Um, and I found myself praying. I found myself praying for her and all of our youth that were at camp. I found myself praying for Garrett and all the leaders. So as you're just doing tasks throughout the day, if somebody comes in your mind, pray for them. 
There, there, there could be something that they're going through right at that moment that maybe God is using you to cover them in prayer. So it's not by coincidence that they've come to your mind. I, I really believe that God has put them on your heart for a reason. So God teaches us how to pray. He tells us to go away to our room where we can shut the door. Get away from distractions. Find some quiet time. You see, God is a jealous God. He wants your full attention. And that's hard for him to get nowadays, let me tell you. He doesn't want partial or just two minutes. God wants a significant amount of your time. He wants to be with you. He wants a relationship with you. God Almighty wants a relationship with you. That's kind of mind-blowing. But you might say, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to go to my room and pray. I don't have time. That would take too much time. How would I do that? I'll pray for a couple minutes, as I sit on the couch in the morning, and I'm going to call it good. And that's not a bad thing. But I really believe when we read something in the scriptures that give us direction, it's because God wants us to know that. He wants us to hear that and understand it and then to do it. So there's an action involved. We hear, we listen, we understand, but then he calls us to take action. And that action is to spend more time with him in prayer. How, how can you make that time? Think about that. Are there any, any ways you could change your routines or your habits? Could you get up a little bit earlier? Which is a hard thing to do. It's very hard. When Dustin's alarm goes off at 5 a.m., I hear it and I don't want to hear it. I want to pretend I'm still sleeping. But I usually get up too because that gives me a little extra time to pray and to spend with him, which is highly important to me. So think about what you can change in your routine. And I know work schedules are hard. Sometimes people work second and third shifts, and that makes it tough. But when in your routine can you fit in some time for prayer? We're going to continue on. We're still in Matthew 6. We're going to go to 8 through 13. Matthew 6. We're going to start at verse 8. It says, Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you need before you ask. In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Father is how that starts. You see, the Jews address God as creator. But Jesus taught our Father, or Abba. It was a new title Jesus used to teach people who belong to him about the personal relationship we can have with God. Our Father, who art in heaven. God wants a relationship with you, with each one of you. And he just asks that you call out to him that you, in return, want that relationship. Did you know Martin Luther King spent three hours a day in prayer? Three. I said three. Hours a day. When asked about the plans for his day, he said, in fact, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. That's kind of hard to comprehend. Three hours in prayer? How would I have time for that? And I love what he said. I have so much to do today that I need to spend the first bit of it in prayer. The first good bit of it in prayer. See, his goal was to strengthen his relationship with God because he knew who his power source was. He knew that God gave him that strength and his abilities. It wasn't from him, it wasn't man-made, and all the glory to God. Billy Graham said, the secret to winning millions of souls, millions, was prayer. Prayer. He had no magic solution. He simply prayed and listened. He prayed to his father and had a, a relationship. He said, prayer is simply a two-way conversation between you and God. Nobody else has to be involved. That's what I love about prayer. Is it can be so intimate. No, nobody else has to know. It's you and God having a connection, having a conversation. We're going to move a couple pages to Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 7. We're going to do verses 7 through 11. So just a couple pages over. It says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you 
For if his son asked for bread, would give him a stone. Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Wow. That is such a powerful verse. And I think especially being a parent, it just made a whole different connection for me. Because if my kid needed bread, I wouldn't give them a stone. It puts a whole new light and perspective on how good God is. God loves you so much. He wants to give you good things. Ask and it will be given to you. I'm repeating this for a reason. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. And our God is going to give us greater gifts than we would ever think of giving our own children. Because he loves us that much. And we are his children. See, the goal is not a fixed time of prayer, but rather a lifestyle, which prayer becomes like the air we breathe. Where we're praying so much, it's just like breathing. Because our heart is on fire for God. Our heart is on fire for prayer and wanting to be in prayer because we know how powerful it is. I love how worship just connected with this all today. When we are spirit-led, we're saying God is in control. And that message from worship today was perfect because God is in control and we need to listen to him. So I want to challenge us Let's be men and women of prayer. Be examples to our future generation. And I work with our future generation every week. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful to be with these kids and to be able to invest in them, to let them know they're loved, they're important, they're cared for. We need to teach kids to pray, to pray earnestly. Do we, do we teach that? That comes from us. If there's kids in your life, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, we have a responsibility to teach them. To teach them to ask and to seek and to knock so that they understand the power of our God. We need to give them time to pray. We think we might have some distractions in our lives. Kids definitely are distracted. Think of all the things going around. TV, internet, cell phones. Kids are so distracted, sometimes they don't even know how to go outside and play. Because there's so much going on. So how do we help give them or set time aside purposely for them to pray. Show them how to pray. Encourage them to pray. 
And then the other thing is to honor prayer. See it as valuable. Not that they're wasting their time. Can you imagine a child or a grandchild or a niece or nephew and you've asked them to do something, like put away the dishes, and they come to you and they say, well, I'm sorry, I was praying. Right? Oh, that's fine. Please go back to prayer. But really being that example, teaching them, giving them time, and honoring prayer. Fasting, <clears throat> fasting disconnects us from the world. Disconnected. When we disconnect from the world and fast, it allows our bodies and our minds to be more in tune with God and what he wants for us. This really is contrary to what the world today tells us. But if we don't disconnect, we can't always hear God. And then the question comes to mind, who are we really listening to if we're not hearing from God? Who are we hearing? YouTubers? Reality TV stars? People on Facebook? I saw this thing pop up on my news feed the other day. <clears throat> And it said a survey of people agree that a teen should not have to share her bedroom with her mom's new baby. So now surveys and other people are supposed to direct every decision we make or any complaint we have? Wow. Let's go back to Matthew 6, 16. Matthew 6, 16. Talking about fasting, it says, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to be men of fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head with oil, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father, who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees you in secret, will reward you openly. Fasting should be just between you and God. No one else needs to know. You don't need to go and tell everyone, oh, I'm fasting today, I can't eat lunch, which I've done at work. Well, I can't, I can't eat lunch today, I'm fasting, I'm going to have my broth. I didn't need to tell everybody that, but I did it. Jesus assumed that his disciples would fast. He himself fasted for 40 days to prepare for his ministry and to fortify his soul for the confrontation with Satan. 
He affirmed fasting as an accompaniment of, to times of intense prayer. The purpose of spiritual fasting is always the same, to draw us closer to God. From the most humble circumstances, we reach out and call out to God. Fasting and prayer can restore and strengthen our relationship with God. It helps us rediscover our love for God again. Fasting is a way to humble ourselves in the sight of God. But fasting also does something else. Fasting opens our eyes. It helps us to look at how we're living our lives. I heard this quote at a conference we were at. If you don't have purpose, you'll fill your life with pleasure. If you don't have purpose, you'll fill your life with pleasure. See, we live a life led by self, fruit of the flesh, until we confess and surrender. Then we live a, live a life led by Christ, fruit of the Spirit, not led by self. And I just, I love how God works. This is extra, by the way. I was in my prayer time on Friday, and God downloaded this to me, and I said, how am I going to fit this in? Where am I going to put it? And he was like, I don't care, put it in. And it hit me because someone in this room needs to hear it today. God is speaking to you. Sometimes we sin again, but God is right there. But we need to confess and surrender. I want us to look at Galatians 5 for a minute. It's going to be Galatians 5, 16, and 17. Galatians 5, 16. It says to me, or to us, So I say, live by the Holy Spirit's power. Then you will not do what your desires controlled by sin wants you to do. The desires controlled by sin do not want what the Spirit delights in, and the Spirit does not want what the desires controlled by sin delight in. The two are at war with each other. That's why you are not supposed to do whatever you want. This is such a powerful section in the Bible. The desires controlled by sin do not want what the Spirit delights in, and the Spirit certainly does not want what the desires controlled by sin delight in. The two are at war, and they really are. 
the spirit and the flesh are at war. And don't you find that sometimes? There's things that you really want, but you know they're not darn good for you at all, but you really want them and they'd be really fun and I really want to do them. But that's not what God wants for you. And sometimes in my life I've questioned, how come I don't have the fruits of the Spirit? I go to church and I pray and I'm doing all this. Why don't I have joy and peace? Why don't I have some of those fruits? Well, I've been struggling with the flesh. The flesh is so powerful sometimes. But this verse, it reminds us that the two are at war, the flesh and the spirit. And that's why you are not supposed to do whatever you want. God gave us free will. It's our choice. But he also gave us direction in the Bible of how to live. And he's there for us. He's going to help us live that way. But we have to make that choice. And for some of us, it's making that choice every single day. Because that flesh is so powerful. In this continuation of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus emphasized the blessings that come from putting him first in our lives. And I challenge you, try to put God first in your lives and see what happens. And worship him because you love him. Not because we want others to think we're righteous or we're better. We're gonna put God first in our lives because we love him and we know his power. And then we're gonna give him the glory Always give God the glory. Always, always. When you see a circumstance come to fruition, when you see healings and blessings, give God the glory. When you leave here today, I want you to remember that, that prayer connects you to God. And fasting is what disconnects you from the world. We live in such a difficult society and there's so many challenges and struggles. But God is walking beside us. He's walking right with us. So I just want to close in prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for today that you've given us this time to be with you. Help us to run to you Help us to put aside some time to spend in prayer with you, Lord Jesus. Help us to disconnect from the world and to put you first in our lives. For you are the Almighty. You are the, you are the keeper, Lord Jesus. You created the stars in the world and you created each and every one of us. Each person in this room, each person listening online, God loves you completely and wholly. And he wants a relationship with you. Dear Lord, we pray. We pray that seeds would be planted, that you would be the first thing on our minds when we wake up. 
Amen. Uh, Pastor Romine one time said the first thing before his feet even hit the floor in the morning, he tries to start praying. And I love that. Before he even gets